you know, I grew, when, I, when I was growing up playing golf, like we didn't have a lot of money for, like my dad was starting his business. And um, at the time we didn't have a lot of money for golf equipment. And, um, you know, I certainly was not, you know, having a bag full of pro V ones and brand new custom fitted Tyler stuff. Like I was going to play it against sports and picking up used clubs um, as they were. Um, and, and damn grateful for it. Like it, it, you know, I don't regret anything, but um, I'm very sensitive to having a love for the game that's way bigger than your budget. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm super, I'm super passionate about keeping the price reasonable. Product quality, but at a good price is just what I relentlessly focus on. My name is Andrew Agusiniak, and this is the Fueled by Why podcast. If you've never tuned in before, this podcast tells the stories of different individuals ranging from professional athletes to pastors to homemakers on their why in life, what keeps them motivated, and what keeps them fueled to keep going. Hopefully, by telling the stories of others, we'll be able to motivate you to do something that you enjoy in your life. If after we're done, you enjoy the show, Please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share us on your social media platforms. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey guys, you know what's hard about insurance? Literally everything. Literally. Finding someone that you can trust. Like imagine if your your dog gets bites somebody. And you have to rely on 800 numbers to get that whole thing figured out. That would be terrible. How do you know you can trust the person? That's why we're proud to be presented by Insurance Professionals of Arizona and Abe Bodden. That guy knows his stuff. He'll give it to you straight. And you don't have to worry about if you're talking to someone who doesn't know what they're talking about. Oh, honest Abe. You know, Abe, Abe emailed me today. How often do insurance agents email you because he goes, hey, can you send me a copy of this mortgage statement? I have to get a check sent out. He's not an 800 number number insurance agent. He contacts me when he needs stuff and he's paying attention to what he's doing. It's like more personal. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. In a world where everyone is after you, it's always nice to have someone that has your back. So contact Abe today. His number is 480-981-6338. That's Abe Bodden at Insurance Professionals of Arizona. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Field by White podcast. My name is Andrew Augustiniak, and I am joined by my awesome co-host, Mr. Josh Wallace. Josh, what's going on today? Hey, guys. Uh, grateful to be back for another episode. Anything exciting happen in your week? A lot of interviews. Lots of interviews, but that's that's a good thing. We like interviews. You have a uh, you have an interesting job t- chasing down nurses, and we, as we were just discussing, we need to have a a check in on it because we're just going to be blatantly honest. Like, a lot of people don't know who Josh is unless you've been tuning into the to the podcast for a couple of years because Josh has been on the podcast when it was just me, and he's actually a reason why this podcast started. So. We probably should have a check-in episode. What do you think about that? I'm in for it. <laughs> Excited about it. Uh, we're also joined by our other co-host and, and world traveler who just got back from Mexico, Scott, Mr. Scott War. Scott, what's going on today? What's going on? Yeah, no, just getting back from Mexico. I don't know if you can tell, but 
I'm burnt to a crisp. <laughs> you 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 look like it. All right, give us give us the the best point of the trip and then the worst point. Oh man, the best point was the food. We stayed at the LeBlanc. That was amazing. Worst point was I got sunburned probably way too bad. Like way too bad. <laughs> Damn, man. Are you are you dousing <laughs> yourself with sit- aloe vera? Uh, no, a lot of lotion though. Cause yeah, we left the aloe vera and I went to the store. I wasn't able to find it. So yeah, a lot of lotion. But it's well, and, and, uh, dude, you're just, you're just honestly, you went and then now you're working like 18 hour days. Like you've been out, you just, you just got back in from your last meeting and after being up till three. So, so, uh, it's okay. If you, if you want to take a nap during the episode, we won't judge you. Um, <laughs> But, Wishing uh, you a speedy recovery on that sunburn, yeah. though. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Um, well, we're happy that you made it back. You know, you hear crazy stories about people going to Mexico. We're happy you're. My wife won't go to Mexico, um, but uh, my, we're happy my, you're back. My dad sent me this like Mexican uh, cartel thing that happened like just a week before. He was just, like trying to talk me out of it. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> You're here and alive. Um, yeah. All right. So I'm super, I, I'm excited about, about uh, today's guest. Um, our guest is, is a guy named Corey Paul. He, he owns a, co- a company called Corey Paul Functional Art. And when you, when I brought this up to you guys, did you guys have any clue what I was talking about until you looked him up? No, not at all. Corey I thought Paul. it was going to be something weird. sorry functional art um but it's cool because you know this podcast if you've never tuned in this podcast is about you know the why behind somebody's life and it doesn't have to be a you know a guy like vj from a couple weeks ago who owns a company of 2200 it doesn't have to be like that it could be a single guy who's just killing it and about to grow potentially um and so i met Corey Paul, um, when I was at Liberty National this summer playing in a member guest tournament, um, me and my partner get into this par three contest and, and didn't even know we were qualified for it. My partner runs out of the shower, butt naked, like I'm eating tacos and they're like, Hey, Andrew and Nate, you're in the par three contest. So there's this, so Liberty National also, as I told you, Josh, like, Liberty National is like a, pl- a, a place of its own. They're, they were roasting pigs on the range. There were belly dancers on the range when we all got done playing. They had tacos. They had, they had everything you can think of. It's right. It's, it looks at, at the Statue of Liberty and, and the Freedom Tower in Manhattan. Like it is a cool club and just full of just money, essentially. And um, what was cool is on the range, they had got, um, a guy grinding wedges, like making custom golf clubs right there with some other companies, all craft people, right? Like not your big box tailor maids and Titleist for all you golfers. And uh, so I went up and I was like, hey, my name's Andrew. And and because I'm involved in putt tech, I always like to talk to these people and network, right? So I'm, and he goes, hey, my name's Corey. And I was like, dude, this is cool. And I started picking up all his wedges and it was just cut like custom custom things and i don't even know if i showed you scott so so we ended up winning the par three contest and what was funny is the winner of the par three contest got custom wedges 
And before that, I was looking at it and he goes, oh, yeah. Like I was like, hey, can I get your contact? Like these are cool. I'd like to order some. And, and we always get, use golf stuff for prizes at our tournaments. But, but then that when they're like, hey, you're in the par three contest, I look at him. I was like, well, maybe I don't have to buy it. I'm going to go win this par three contest and then and then I'll just get the custom pair of wedges. Well, lo and behold, we get into a playoff. Me and my partner, Nate, and we win the freaking part three contest an hour later. And I walk back by him. And I was like, well, I won the part three contest. I get the wedges, as I told you. And and like here's here for anybody on YouTube. Uh, here's like one of the wedges. And if you can see. It has all my family's names carved into it. That's sick. Dude. That's sick. We'll, we'll post it on the Instagram as well because those yeah. are pieces of art. Like, Dude, you, you came back and showed me those. I was blown away. Well, and he, like, he, uh, fi like, fire torched this one to give it, like, a kind of, like, a bronzish look. Well, it was interesting. You were saying something about the Japanese steel. That he's, he's got a few coming out with that or something. Well, dude, that's, yeah. that, that was so cool. So, so long story yeah. short, we networked a little bit. He made wedges. We've been texting back and forth. And then I was just like, dude, you are awesome. You're one guy. You're one guy who, who loves what he does. He makes these custom wedges. And I was like, we got to hear your story because you're a guy in New York who just makes custom golf clubs. So we had him on, we had him on and the interview is super awesome. And I, and I think what, what I noticed a lot is this passion, um, mm -hmm. Like, and for you guys, like Josh being a golfer, Scott, like from a small business <laughs> perspective, like, what do you guys think? What was the, what was your, what are you excited for listeners to, to hear? I'm all about the story and just how, you know, he made it on his own. I mean, leaving a bigger company, you know, which he could have, you know, possibly made more money to do it the way he wanted to do his own brand. I think it's a very huge thing and, and a good reminder for people that not every time is, you know, something stable going to be the best option for you. You know, taking that risk, stepping on that edge a little bit can, you know, have a lot of benefits, not only for, you know, what you're looking for in life, but also for your business, you know, and, and he definitely took advantage of all of that to make his business exactly what he was looking for. And now he's, you know, reaping the benefits of it and growing. Yeah, no, I think that was his passion to like what he was trying to decide on like the name, but like he was so passionate about what he wanted specifically that he was willing to forego, you know, like you said, the much bigger company, but I, one that he was very, very much a huge part of. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that, that, was, that was interesting. It was like he had a chip on his shoulder from that, like yeah, that company he started, and then essentially got kind of pushed out and 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 bought out. And it's like he had this grudge on his shoulder, and he didn't care about a name. Most people come with the name first, and then they try to build the company. He just threw a name on there, built it, and now is like, I should probably have a better name than Corey Paul Functional Art. <laughs> <laughs> Like that's, that's where the passion came through. And I mean, it's cool because I, from the one thing I'm excited for, aside from just hearing his passion is he, you know, you take the golf industry. It, it is, it is controlled by seven major players. 
honestly, probably four major players. You got Tylus, Taylor made ping Callaway, right? And then you got a, a few others, but he, you know, with golfers and just people in general, whatever you love, everybody loves their like custom craftsman form of it. Right. And most people will never get into golf stuff because it's controlled by the people who spend millions and millions of dollars on marketing and all that stuff. And, and, tour players and sponsorships and he grabbed one little small piece of that whole industry which is all you need like what isn't there a saying is there a saying from like warren buffett about grabbing a niche in the industry or something like that yeah find a niche and fill it it wasn't warren buffett though i think it was like rockefeller or something like that like that's that's all it takes is you get a you get a, a small 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 percentage of a billion dollar industry, you probably got a ten million dollar business, you know. So that's what I what I thought was cool, and now he's getting to the point where, you know, he's like, I might need to hire more people, I might need to do this stuff, and but he's not. It's not like he's forcing it. He just came like in the ceiling is there, and he can't even respond to emails, and that's when you know it's time to potentially grow into a bigger company. Um, so that's what I'm excited for. Um, anything else before we, we kick it off? I just want to, I, I feel like we need to, just need to go into the story because it's going to be, it's going to be cool for, for, for small business owners to hear, you know, people who, who have a passion and, and want to create some income off of it. Yeah. I think it's going to be good watching, uh, how resilient he is. It's going to be good. Yeah. Resilient. That's, that's, I think our our name for for uh what Corey paul is so well awesome guys let's let's kick it off to Corey paul functional art out of new york we hope you guys enjoy it and here we go good morning everyone my name is andrew augustiniak welcome to the fueled by why podcast here in mesa arizona uh today we are joined by somebody clear across the country uh, Corey, Corey, welcome to the show. What's going on, fellas? Glad, glad to be here. Uh, we were also joined by our constant co-host. We got Scott. What's up, Scott? And then Josh from Seattle, I believe. Yep, looking out over uh, South Lake. How does it? Seattle's beautiful. Been watching uh, seaplanes take off over this building I'm in um, all morning. It's been quite a great morning. So this is probably our first show that we have. We are we have one, somebody on the e- clear East Coast, Arizona, and then Pacific Northwest all at the same time. So we are accomplishing a new feat. Um, but for anybody who's never listened to the Fuel by Why podcast, uh, you know this is a podcast that that doesn't just interview, you know, CEO Fortune 500 companies. Doesn't just interview certain you know real estate agents. Um, this is about the the bloody journey um, and the why that keeps somebody's you know flame lit essentially uh, throughout whatever their journey may be. And and at the end of it, you know, somebody if you're a listener out there and you hear a badass story and you're like, I'm gonna go do this. That then we've accomplished you know our goal of of motivating other individuals and and. Hopefully we can we can tell so many stories on the show, you know, and cover every single potential demographic and industry that you know we we help people kind of get that push to to improve their life or change their life or take the leap of faith or 
quit the job or hopefully not get out of the marriage, but I'm going to say get out of the marriage that is toxic, whatever that may be. I don't care. Whatever, whatever's a positive impact on them, you never know. Um, so before we start, we got to give a quick shout out to one of our title sponsors, Coconut Cleaning. Uh, Corey, you're new to the, in the show. You've had dirty carpets or dirty couches in your life. Yes or no? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Well, in those situations, you got to call Coconut Cleaning. They may not be in New York yet, which is where Corey is. Um, but if you're in Arizona and a bunch of other markets, because Coconut Cleaning is expanding to a bunch of markets here uh, over the next couple of months, you got to call Coconut Cleaning. They do everything from carpet to couches to tile to probably a whole slew of other uh, products. But they are your cleaning experts. Make sure to give uh, Coconut Cleaning a uh, check out on their Instagram and give them a call today. Um, guys, I, I'm actually really excited to have Corey on. So I was had the honor of meeting him at Liberty National um, when I was in New York uh, the other month uh, playing at, in the member guest. And Corey was on the range, which you got to tell me the story when we get there. But Corey was on the range at Liberty National, like straight up grinding wedges and making wedges for um, the winners of, of different flights of the tournament and uh, whoever won the par three contest, which I didn't even know we were, we qualified to get in the finals of the par three contest. And then I was taking a look at Corey's wedges on the range, and which are absolutely phenomenal. It, Scott is not a golfer and he saw a picture of the wedges and he was like, these things are, are freaking sexy. Josh, you, you've seen his Instagram. What do you think as a, as a golfer? Well, I've seen the the wedges in real life, and they're a piece of art. Oh, oh, yeah, the ones. Really yeah, he he made me some some amazing ones with all my family's names on them. But mm-hmm. like, they are amazing products, and and craft craftsman golf is is what it's all about. As a golf enthusiast, since I've been two years old, um, th- 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 you know, sometimes just the the out of the box you know, big box brand, as Corey can probably elaborate on, it just gets a little bit old. Um, but Corey was on the range grinding wedges and I, I, t- I was looking at him, I said, I'm gonna go win the par three contest um, so we can get some. And cause I was like, I'm gonna, I kinda wanna like buy the, I even asked him, can I buy this one right here? And then we figured out we were, me and my partner Nate were in the finals of the par three contest. And I said, I'm gonna go win these and I'll be back. And we ended up winning the par three contest. I won a set of wedges from Corey, and then yeah. I the, called the guy it. called his shot. I, I, yeah, I, I can vouch for that. The guy called his shot. I remember he came up to me. He's like, "I'm, I'm going to go win these," and then he just walked away and was gone for an hour or two, and then just shows shows back up. Said, "I won. <laughs> Here I am." And and I had my grinder right right there, and uh, we were able to get started. But then, of course, a rain cloud comes in and mm-hmm. ruins the fun. Um, but uh, we ended up. Uh, I, I'm kind of glad it did because it, it let me um, kind of like make it a fun little side project for uh, for a while and I could do a little bit more like the torching and the yeah. different painting. Um, it's a way more complete wedge than what I could have done out there on the range with you. Yeah, which uh, I deeply appreciate and they are so they are so awesome. I can't I can't even say it enough. Um, all right, so Corey, let's rewind. So so your company is, is Corey Paul Functional Art. And, you know, from reading your bio, you entered the golf industry in 2013. You know, you graduated from Syracuse. Uh, you got, you're in New York. You know, what did you go to Syracuse for? Were you a golfer before? Let's, let's rewind it 
and then let's paint that picture of, you know, how did you get into the golf industry? First of all, like how did this all play out? You know, that's an golf industry is a weird, not necessarily weird, but it's not the conventional journey that most people go on. So like what, what, what transpired after Syracuse or, or, or during Syracuse? Yeah, uh, happy to talk about this because I'm sure there's a lot of college grads out there right now that are maybe feeling a bit lost and um, not really sure where to go with themselves in the world. And um, I can tell you when I was uh, coming out of Syracuse, I was absolutely one of those people. Um, I had to I, I, I had to go to a community college first before I went to Syracuse. Uh, the, the Syracuse is a private school and the price tag is ex- pretty extreme uh, <laughs> every year. And so I went to community college and uh, saved a ton of money because my mom worked there, got to go for free. Um, and I, I, I've been a golfer my whole life, by the way, just to get that out of the way. Like, but they have pictures of me as a kid with golf clubs in my hand, uh, seen videos of me as a three-year-old, you know, with plastic clubs running around the yard. Um, but yeah, fast forward to college. Um, I really wanted to go to a big school, but here in New York, like, you know, we don't have a UNC Chapel Hill. We don't have a University of Texas. We don't have schools like we have UB, but it's in the no offense to UB, University of Buffalo. It's just not on the level of those other schools that I kind of just mentioned. And um, I really wanted to go to a big name school. No offense, but and, offense. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, keeping it real. But um, I, I don't know. Just kind of my, my my mindset back then. It definitely would be different uh, these days. Um, funny thing is I, I, I liked my professors at MCC a lot more than the ones at Syracuse on, <laughs> and in general. I had ones I liked at Syracuse, but uh, in general, I liked them more on average at, at MCC for one-tenth of the cost. But um, So yeah, I, I got a scholarship to Syracuse, uh, went as a marketing major with a focus in new product management. Um, so basically trying to come up with new products and um, you know, make, just make things. I've always wanted to make things that people find useful. And, um, what kind of happened to me is like, we get to senior year and I go to the job board and it's, it may as well just been a list titled things Corey doesn't want to do with his life. Like there, um, a lot of it was sales positions and my God, I would be the worst salesman ever if I had to go work in sales. Like I just don't have the personality um for that i'm kind of a more of a thinker tinker hands-on kind of person i kind of get lost in my shop sometimes and won't answer the phone for hours uh that's just kind of more my personality and um the jobs that were available to marketing majors were just um not what i was looking for and on top of that uh, i had done an internship that summer and had planned to maybe work for that company um, it was a company that made bike computers down in South Florida, and um, that ended up falling through because the company couldn't afford to hire me uh, due to a downturn at the time. And so at the end of the senior year, I was really kind of in the pits and um, really not sure what to do with myself. And I remember uh, watching an episode of Shark Tank, and Mark Cuban had said, you don't follow your dreams, you follow your effort." And like, what do you do when nobody's around and you just have the day to yourself? Like, what, what are you doing during that time? And like, for me, it was an easy answer. I was playing golf. And um, at, at, at times, like it's, it's Syracuse, it's freezing in the winter. I literally had my golf clubs in the living room of our, our crappy house. And I was literally hitting beer, beer uh, bottle caps off the carpet to try to get good at like 
not taking divots and like picking something right off a tight lie. And um, so I, I was just, I've always been a, a golf nut. Um, my soccer coach back in high school used to always crack golf jokes at me. We'd, we'd get on a really nice soccer field and he'd be like, hey, Corey, it kind of looks like Augusta National, doesn't it? <laughs> and I, I feel like everybody's just always knowing I'm really into golf. And so I was like, okay, like I have a, let's look at the positives here. I have a degree from a great school. Um, let's start there. And so I start applying to like all the big companies for their marketing jobs and just got rejected from, from all of them. Like it was just a one after another, uh, all the big brands, every, everyone you can think of, I basically, I applied to them, but never heard anything back from any of them. Um, not, not even a, Hey, just letting you know, you didn't get it. Like, no, I just didn't hear anything back. Yeah. And, um, which side, okay. Side so, question. Cause we go off on side tangent. Oh, I go off on side tangents all the time. Um, how does a golfer live in New York? Because you don't get to play uh, golf like five of the months or something. Oh brother. Yeah. It's, um, you know, you can't help where your family comes from. <laughs> and, um, I can you know, say in Arizona, you can play golf 12 months out of the year. Dude, I, oh God, I know. In the summer? I know. And I used, I lived, yeah. in, I lived in Florida for a little bit. Um, after college, uh, and even in college, I did live in Florida for a little bit. And um, <laughs> yeah, it, it unfortunately for, for me, good weather and you know lots of golf couldn't replace the happiness of being around all my friends and family. That's fair. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. I, I just kind of like. It, at the, and to be fair, I wasn't part of a, like I was working for myself at the time I moved down, so it was really hard to make friends. Yeah, and so I was still kind of part of that custom shop, and but I was remote and um, just really didn't have any ways to make friends. So that's kind of more on me as more of an indictment of, of Florida. Like I, I loved it down there. It's oh, just, so it's like, a, I was, had a hard time making friends. It's a family thing, a family um, and friends thing. It's like it's your home. It's your home. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, but, but anyway, so yeah, back to so I'm I'm leaving Syracuse, get rejected from all the all the big golf companies, um, and so finally I took a job lifeguarding at a local country club, a local private club that needed lifeguards. I happened to have a lifeguard uh, certificate from when I had worked at uh, Disney as an intern, um, but um, I was like, okay, well I'm somewhat in the door. Like I work at a country club. Okay, there's the start. At least I golf for free, and I'm saving money that yeah. way. Um, because, uh, yeah, I was quite poor at the time. Uh, no, uh, no, no, like, uh, income besides my life, my meager lifeguarding income. And, you know, it's a lot, it's a lot to be sitting there as a lifeguard. And then once it got cold in the fall, I still didn't, I still, I mean, I'm applying to golf jobs this whole time and I still, um, couldn't find anything. And so fall comes lifeguarding ends. And so I'm like, crap, what am I going to do? So I asked the grounds crew if they need help. And so there I was raking bunkers um, with a very expensive Syracuse degree in my hand. <laughs> and, and then winter came, still didn't have anything, was uh, installing windows for a few months. And then after, after a few months, my, my buddy over here is laughing. I got a friend in the room with me. He, uh, he was actually the one installing windows with me. Um, and we're, he's just over there giggling. But uh, about two months after that, I finally got my, you know, quote unquote real job um, in the industry at a company called Rock Bottom Golf. Um, they're a discount retailer that goes around to all the big companies and buys up, buys up all the uh, unsold inventory. 
and really popular for kind of selling last year's model sort of stuff. And then they have a bunch of original brands. And um, so got into that and uh, it, 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 it was good at first, but ultimately um, it was it was very tedious. It was kind of like a, a data entry position. And I, I've always had a very entrepreneurial side to me. Um, my dad started his business um, when I was in middle school and grew it all through, you know, while I was growing up. Um, I, I was kind of growing, growing up alongside his business and watching him. Um, I'd been in business plan competitions in college that I'd done pretty well in. Um, and really, I'd kind of always had the dream of just following in his footsteps and being able to do my own thing. And um, I remember one day my buddy and I are sitting there at work and we're like, dude, where, where can we get our wedges looking like how Ricky Fowler has them? Like Ricky, Ricky had all these, like all this crazy stuff down under his wedge. Mm -hmm. And this is back in like 2014. And at the, the answer at the time was like basically nowhere. Like uh, we, we couldn't find anybody who was doing work that looked as good as what he was getting. And it's almost like you had to know somebody on a tour truck. Um, you had like Anthony Taranto out there. Um, but you know, he's at Callaway working for the tour players. Um, and there really wasn't any good public options. So, uh, I ended up ordering a bunch of crappy wedges off of eBay and just clearing off a, a bench in my parents' basement. Um, and just started going to town, uh, you know, trying to strip the paint, trying to polish them, trying to, you know, I'm, I'm watching YouTube video after YouTube video, Google search after Google search, you know, try and fail, try and fail. And then finally, you know, you, you, you get somewhere and eventually we started making things that we thought looked pretty good. And we'd make things and be like, Oh, this is sick. Like, <laughs> like these look sick. And so we ended up uh, starting a business called six sticks and, um, we started putting stuff up on Instagram and immediately got a response. I mean, Instagram back then was just starting out. So it still had like a ton of organic reach. Like these days you post a picture and nobody sees it, but no, it's, it's, um, so back, it's so convoluted <laughs> with junk nowadays. Yeah. And, um, but back then there was a ton of organic reach. So like we posted one picture and then like immediately got all these messages from all over the place, um, asking us to do stuff. So like, Oh, Hey, like we might have something here. Um, so yeah, six, six, six ended up doing pretty well. Uh, we grew the Instagram when I left that had like 30,000 followers. We had worked with, uh, I got to work with Samuel L. Jackson on a movie pro on a project for his wedges. No um, Justin Turner, of the LA Dodgers was a client. Um, I got to meet lots of cool people, um, and learn a, a ton. Um, and ultimately, um, I ended up like, my founding partner left because he he uh, ended up getting a really good uh, corporate job, um, and then I ended up leaving uh, in, in 2018. Um, you know, I, the custom stuff was fun, but my heart was always with um, an original brand, mm -hmm. and so then there we were, uh, 2018, um, and I think it was May May 3rd. I signed the paperwork to incorporate. Uh, Corey Paul Functional Art um, made an Instagram, and the funny thing is, I never intended to keep the name Corey Paul Functional Art on the Instagram, but I just kind of just got so hyper focused on the products, and just I never changed it. <laughs> like, so, um, I mean, I, I, I still might change it someday, but um, you know, I, I've got a lot of plans for the future. Um, 
the, the, the big question here is like, how do you scale the business? Like, or do I just not scale? Do I go, do I just stay that kind of small boutique sort, sort of shop or do I try to do a little bit of scale? Do I go the, you know, Bob Bokey route where, you know, I'm not making every single head that I sell, but you know, it still has my name on it. Um, you know, stuff like that. So those are, those are kind of the decisions I'm wrestling with today. But in the beginning back then, it was all just kind of focused on, like, I wanted to make clubs that just looked like you just had to kind of stop and like, Whoa, like what's that? Yeah. You know? Um, well, I remember, and, I mean, uh, I remember as a kid in 2006 when, and this, this just shows like how the market was there and you guys capitalized on it early. I remember when, when Scotty Cameron released the uh, studio shop for customizing putters and it was, it was, I mean, it wasn't anything fantastic, but just that simple customization and, then you start, I, and I'm I'm pretty sure I remember when I saw like Six Dicks start in Instagram, because it was so unique. And you're right at that point, you know, you would just see things on you know on tour wedges or or any tour clubs that would be customized, and it it wasn't until you know the last eight years that things took off. What did you, so? What did you guys end up doing with Six Six Dicks? Um, a, a different group of when my founding partner left, um, some other investors came on and, um, and then they, they ended up just buying me out, uh, eventually. Um, obviously, you know, buyouts happen for a reason, you know, there was definitely some disagreements about how to proceed with the company. And, um, you know, I, I'll admit I'm, I'm not the easiest guy to work with. I'm, I can be pretty in, intense and passionate, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it just, you gotta be like, you gotta, I, I love what I do. Like I, I, if I had Jeff Bezos money in my bank account, like I'd still be doing the exact same thing I'd be doing. It'd just be maybe a nicer shop. Um, and you know, when you love it to that level, it, it, you can have, uh, at times low tolerance for people who aren't keeping up with you. <laughs> and, um, so it, I don't know. We, 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 we ended up just kind of going in different directions. I think it was just for the better. I, I'm, I'm happier now than I've, I've ever been. You know, I, I always knew my heart was with making original products and, um, I don't know. That's just, uh, it's kind of, kind of how it is. I, I wish them nothing but the best. I've got really nothing negative to say about them, but, um, they, uh, they're doing their thing and I'm, I'm doing mine. Well, it's kind of like, I mean, for any entrepreneur and, and Josh and Scott, you'd agree. I mean, that's kind of the goal. You build a business and you sell it off and go do your next thing, right? I mean, that's you. You're you sound like you're creative at the end of the day, and you. I mean, it's always it's going to be the next thing. Like, what do we do next? What do you do next? And and uh, it's kind yeah, of, it's kind of how you're built, wouldn't you say? Ab- oh, ab- absolutely. Um, it, it's uh, I definitely have that kind of more artistic, creative personality. Um, you know, it, it, one of the things I definitely struggled with as, a, as an owner is just kind of like the more uh, mundane day to day things you got to do as a business owner, um, keeping up with messages. And, you know, th- these days it's you know, not to sound arrogant, but it, it's it's hard. Like the I, I post a video and all of a sudden there's I wake up and there's you know two dozen mes- messages in my inbox and it's only one of me. And so it's, it's really hard to balance that and, you know, try to try to still show people respect and the fact that you're grateful that they're reaching out um and it yeah it, it, it's it's just a it's it's a constant um 
it's like a constant game. Like it, and it's just fun. Like I, I love creating new things. Like and I like being useful. I like uh, making a great product at a great price that people you know actually use. And um, that's just kind of a win-win for everybody. That like it, it adds to the life of the world. No party leaves the transaction feeling like they've been wrong. You know, I've made an adequate profit, and I hope that they've gotten a, a good price and a good experience. And I've just tried to relentless, relentlessly focus on product quality. And, you know, if the worst things that people say about me is, oh, he doesn't respond to messages or he's slow to respond, then you know, I, I can live with that. But what I can't live with is this, like people saying like, God, this, this kid's products are just trash. Like, like I, I can't believe anybody's buying this stuff like that. I can't live with, but I, I can live with people uh, not being uh, satisfied with my response times or something like that. But um, we're working on it. And um yeah, it's, it's the, the game of growing. It, it's the process is the fun part. I don't know if you can attest to that, but um, you know, constantly thinking of what's next and um, the the game of always trying to make sure you're useful to your target market. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of challenge, but it, I think ultimately it's just, it's I love it. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> that's to say about it. I think that's where like. I, I can relate is the growth in that in the trenches part that's fun and enjoyable for me once you get to that day-to-day like management of it it's like okay i'm probably not the right guy for this. <laughs> i i should hire somebody yeah. else at that point. i'm a good shot in the arm but probably not that day-to-day guy so what 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 have you found as you're scaling right now you're, you're going through you said you, you get like you post you're getting uh 12 messages those leads coming in are they wanting custom things done Do yeah you take custom um a lot of people want custom um and unfortunately like i do have to ignore like a lot a lot of messages um particularly I, you know pe- people who want more of the simple stuff i can work with but a lot, a lot of times uh, people will write in they'll have this like whole essay of things that they want and i'm just like dude <laughs> for the right price right? <laughs> like, I, I i'm so grateful but like by god like can we can we get this to the cliff notes version <laughs> um but yeah so um one, one thing i've found that's very helpful is making things in batches like recently i i made a bunch of the donut wedges the, the donut ice cream glaze sprinkle whatever you want to call it the the blue glaze with the sprinkle i've made a like i made a big batch of those and just just put them up on the website that way people you don't have to message in uh wait for me to respond to you like it, it's good it, i get several messages a week people asking for sprinkle sets of some variety and so i think that's definitely something that's it, been great so far um i think that's definitely something we're going to continue and uh and I, I, i'm constantly trying to bring over more parts of the manufacturing process here mm-hmm. um my, my ultimate dream is to basically be do what Kayoi and miura um are doing in japan which is from forge to finish they do the they do the whole thing and and you know uh miura gaiken and i don't know if i said Geico or gaiken I, I can't remember what the last name is but Kayoi, um you know they they make club they make a lot of clubs for other brands um, and in addition to their in-house brand, but um, I, I, I just I'm really passionate about bringing things here, but the, with the caveat of not at like seven hundred dollars a wedge, yeah. you know, it's got to be reasonable. Like, you know, if you know, and not not to, I'm, I'm not like 
putting down the guys who are making those kinds of wedges. I mean, don't get me wrong, they're freaking amazing. Like, you, you know, James Patrick, you know, yes, his wedges are 550 bucks, but I mean, his, his wedges are just incredible. Mm-hmm. And, um, he, and he's, he was a hero of mine back in the day. I, I used to look at his stuff that while well, I was supposed to be working back at rock bottom golf, I was actually looking at James, what James's old wedges. Yeah. And it was like, right. It was like right after he got hired at Titleist. And, um, so he like, no, like he had kind of like went underground and, but I, I was like obsessed with his work. I was like, this, this guy's work is sick. And, um, but you know, I grew, when, I, when I was growing up playing golf, like we didn't have a lot of money for like my dad was starting his business. And um, at the time, we didn't have a lot of money for golf equipment. And, um, you know, I certainly was not, you know, having a bag full of pro V ones and brand new custom fitted Tyler stuff. Like I was going to play it against sports and picking up used clubs um, as they were um, and, and damn grateful for it. Like it, it you know, I don't regret anything, but um I'm very sensitive to having a love for the game that's way bigger than your budget. Yeah. Um, and I, I think um, there's a lot of people out there who are going through that. And, um, you know, I've taken some heat for it, but I've also, uh, like, I, I do things like, for example, get heads that are manufactured in China. Like, I have the Japan stuff if you want it, but, like, I, I do go to, I mean, it's the same factories that are making clubs for dozens of brands. I mean, most, most golf brands are made at one of two factories in China. Yeah. And, and people, people don't, I don't realize wanna... that, but they are. Yeah. Even the yeah. high and, end ones. Oh yeah. I mean, th- yeah, I mean and, Corey, and Corey can attest to that. I mean, yeah, I mean, most, most, most golf brands, you know, the parts are made in China and then they're put together in America, but the, the actual heads are made in China. Mm-hmm. So they, yeah, is and that how they bypass say like made in America? Or? No, because they'll still put on there. They'll put made in China, assembled in the USA. Oh, but but like yeah, Corey's and, saying, like they, he knows where they're all made. Right, and and so I became aware of what stuff was costing um, manufacturers at Rock Bottom Golf and at Six Sticks, and I, I was just like, frankly, kind of disgusted. Like I was like. I was like, you, you are using the cheapest metal available at these factories, and um, it, you're parading around as a luxury brand, and these heads cost you like five bucks. And um, so I was like, okay, so I, I I realized I can go to this factory, and what these these big brands they they make new molds every two years, every year. And then they just kind of like throw them in the trash or sell them off mm-hmm. um, to, to the factory. And they just, they're what's called open molds. I'm like, okay, so like I can just go get an open mold of what used to be belong to one of this, one of these big brands. And a couple of years ago was evidently like the next best thing. Um, and I, I, it's like a whole magazine you can fit through. Like you, can go, you go to these factories and like the thing, you've got to order a ton of them at a time. The MOQs are huge, yeah. but um you uh you know you can order all these different molds so like i went around to all these when i was starting out like i looked at all these different molds and um i was like wow like i can get these in here at a price where you know i i can sell them to people at either way like some of my offerings are like way below the the average price of a new big box brand um but you know even my fanciest offerings really aren't that much more 
Um, and so, yeah, I'm super, I'm super passionate about keeping the price reasonable. Like, I, I just feel like um, you, you, you got to do it. Like, if, if you want to grow and get big, which I kind of do, like, I, I definitely, I, I, I've always said I want this business to live on longer than me. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, product quality, but at a good price is just what I relentlessly focus on. Well, and, and the thing that I think sets you apart unique wise is, you know, golf has become, you know, kind of a, a, a identity thing for individuals, right? You know, I mean, you see the big box, you know, creating the customizations to it, but you're offering something that's so unique and so custom. And yeah, you don't want the synopsis, but like that's the difference, you know, at, at, for TaylorMade or anybody like that, you can go do a different color on the head or something like that. But the reality is, is like, like I look at yours and I'm like, dude, that's what I want to give as gifts to people. Cause nowadays it's like, I don't want to just go buy them. You know, if it's a golfer, go buy them a polo, go buy them this. Like, like gifts are about uniqueness to the individual. And you know, one of my buddies got me this ball marker engraved with, with our putting course logo on it one time. And I was like, that was the coolest gift I've received. Corey's wedges are the coolest thing I've won in years. Like that, Yeah. Like those, it's so unique. And like now I can say, like when I give, when I have golfers who are birthday, they're like, I'm just gonna email Corey and be like, hey, stamp some, you know, stamp some of these on a wedge. And that's, that's the cool part. And that's what golfers love. And, and at first, you know, somebody from outside of the, the golf industry, Scott, like, would you look at those and be like, dude, you sell like, there's a biz, there's a well, market. I keep looking at it. I, I don't, I think this is like, I don't know if this New York city or Buffalo city on there. Um, those that are listening, New York. go, yeah. So go, go to his, uh, his Instagram for sure. But I was looking at that. I, I really like the Bitcoin one on the bottom. I, I got a buddy that's <laughs> yeah, like huge into Bitcoin. He, that's all he talks about. Be careful about. saying the be careful saying the B word around me, man. I'm there too. I might go off. I've, yeah. I've written, I've written, uh, I've not learned. I didn't learn from my 2017 to 2020. I wrote it up again, didn't learn again. So I'm on my third go around. Uh, but yeah, I mean, well, I'm not a golfer. I don't look like a golfer. It's, I don't know anything about golf. And when you're talking about like you're chipping, I'm like, I don't know what the hell. <laughs> I don't even know what the hell he's talking about. But like well, looking I, I at your, looking at your stuff, I'm like, dude, this makes me want to go buy them. I'll probably use them once a year, but it's, I don't know. I'm more of that quirky type where I, if the weirder it is, the more I'd probably use it. I yeah. don't know. What were you saying, Corey? I was going to say, I, I hope we're headed towards a future where people, like, when they, let's say when they need a wedge, maybe their golf course, like the club they belong to, has a grinder on staff, and yeah. he has a little shop there, and uh, he has all these blank, blank forgings there. Um, and you can walk up and say, hey, like, you know, it's, it's springtime, uh, ground soft. I need something with high bounce. Uh, I need something with a leading edge. It's not going to dig. Um, and the grinder can sit there and grind something up for him. Um, I just think that like, that'd be so much cooler than what we have now, where it's just all these mass produced cheap alloy steel clones that like show up fully assembled. Then you got to take them apart if you want a different shaft in there and, do all this stuff to them and you can't really change the look and wouldn't it be so much cooler if like the future you know you had all these grinders and fitters and you could just walk into a studio and walk out with a club that is you know you sit there with the grinder and he's making adjustments on the fly you know that's all stuff that's possible and you know i, I don't we don't have time to get into it but 
if the world transitions more to a Bitcoin standard and Bitcoin kind of grows, I think that monetary system can incentivize that sort of future where there can be a lot of people like me who can quit their jobs and go work in the industry and make clubs for people and, and do things that they actually want to do and but that are useful to people. Um, there might, I, I just hope that in the future there's more opportunity for people to do the things they love that are useful to other people. And I, I think Bitcoin is the way we get there. Uh, I think you need a proper financial system under it, but um, like that, that's a whole other <laughs> rabbit hole to go down to as it, to why that's the case. And yeah, I will resist a, the urge to enter. <laughs> there's a rabbit hole that deals with corruption and the Fed and everything else that, that, that involves. <laughs> yeah. Josh, Josh, uh, what, yeah. what's, what's your takes right now? Like, what do you, as a golfer, like, what do you, what do you want to know business wise or golfer wise? Like I see your head spinning. Well, yeah. So for me, uh, the first time I saw your wedges, Corey, um, I thought immediately, this is something we have to have for like our golf tournament. So Myself, Andrew, and my cousin Blake, every year we throw my grandfather a scramble golf tournament in Scottsdale for his birthday because it's hard to pick for something for him because he's got everything he wants and there's not much out that realm that he needs. Um, so we came up with a golf tournament and we're always looking for cool sets of prizes. And so immediately when uh, Andrew showed me your wedges, I was like, this is something we have to have for the RLK tournament you know, as a prize. Because one, there's very few things that you can win at a golf tournament that you're gonna keep around for a long time mm -hmm. and you're gonna show people, you know? And this is one of those things where you get one of these really cool wedges like Andrew's guy's wedges with his family's name on it. That's something that he's gonna keep. He's not gonna like give it away or it's Sell not it. gonna go missing. These are like keepsakes that are honestly gonna be around for a long time. And so I love the artist portion of that um it's taking something that you know everyone has as a golfer but making it you know special and not just you know a random you know star stamp or whatever it is these are actually pieces of art so for number one like that's where i'm at it's like i find that a very appealing and really awesome to look at but also fun to plan with absolutely and i think a big question for my future is you know how can i serve those needs um, you, you know, everything you just said is ev every need I'm trying to serve. Um, the, the question is, how do you serve those needs for, you know, millions of people maybe one day? Yeah. Um, how can I create processes? You know, how can I turn my processes into maybe one day a factory full of assistants who know how to grind, know how to stamp and can help out guys like you? who are looking for, you know, something handcrafted, something a little bit special and just, just a, something different. It's a different experience. Um, like you said, you know, it, it gets, you know, he, he maybe already has what stuff from the big box brands and it's like, I'm gonna go get him another one. Like it, it, you kind of run out of space there and, um, you know, serving those needs that you just went through is what I'm constantly thinking about all the day. Like, you know, how can I do that with tons of people and, um, you know, it's a slow process. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a lot. It's you know, a long roadmap to be able to scale serving those needs. But ultimately, if I could sum up what I'm doing here, it's, it's trying to serve that. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I while you're talking about you know the differences between the different brands and what you're providing, I'm I'm an Apple enthusiast, 
So it kind of took me back there where Steve Jobs was like, okay, you know, all these other PC brands are making something. Let's make something that's going to be catching to the eye. It's going to be, you know, cultivate a following. And that's kind of yeah. what I see that you've done. Yeah. And just the everything from the product to ex the experience with Apple is just orders of magnitude better. I mean, Steve Jobs is a hero of mine um, back in college. I mean, that guy was God to me back then. Um, he, uh, he, I really looked up to him. And um, yeah, I, I, if, if Steve Jobs played golf, I, I hope he would have a Corey Paul in, in, in the bag. But um, uh, maybe he'd have a James Patrick. He, he would certainly have the money for it. And I wouldn't blame him if he did. But um, he, uh, yeah, I, that's that's very that's very well said. Um, we we, we want to kind of just be different, and not for the sake of being different, but but different in a better way, mm -hmm. a better experience, a better product, better material. Like I like to say, it's a three pronged approach: better materials, better craftsmanship, better price. Um, we we want to be better in those three areas than than everybody else, and um, you know, I'm trying to just really make sure the foundation is there before we get ahead of ourselves trying to you know take on big loans or investors or whatever and try to scale this um you know i'm really more in, in foundation setting right now and uh, it's year four and i think more as we get into year five i think that's kind of one and i'm already making some moves to um i'm moving shops here pretty soon i've got a bunch of equipment on the way that's going to make me more efficient um make me personally be able to pump out more heads. Um, and so it's just taking steps like that along the way. And I, I just hope that we can um, attend to uh, millions of people maybe one day. Um, like I said, I've measured this experience where you, you're going to your local country club and you know, you're getting the head ground to your preferences there. You know, um, you're, you're, you some stuff stamped in real quick. Um, I really hope we're heading towards that kind of future where there's lots of, you know, there's enough money in it where there's, there can be lots of specialists, maybe at country clubs, maybe at fitting studios who can serve, like I said, all the needs you just mentioned and wanting something different and personal and all of that. Corey, when did you like, what was, what was the moment you realized that like you had, there is a, a, a good market for just like when you left, left the previous company, which, you know, you realized it, but like when with your company, I think a lot of people would get into something so niche currently. And um, I, one of my biggest inspirations for going full send on an original brand was actually Tyson Lamb. Okay. Um, he, he, uh, he, he had followed Six Sticks way early on. He probably, like, if you asked him, not about, I doubt he'd even remember he follows them, but um at, at the t so then like i so when he followed us i that's when i first saw his stuff I'm like who's this tyson guy with all these putters and i looked at his page i'm like holy smokes yeah. like this kid's got some talent um and then that's when i kind of realized like whoa like all the stuff i'm doing to customize all these vokies and clevelands and callaways yada yada could be applied to an original brand um i see him torching stamping all that but he, you know, he's making his own stuff. And, um, uh, I, I may have gotten into the putter industry if I, if not for some financial constraints. I mean, I just, I don't have money laying around for a CNC machine. Um, and especially when I left the company, you know, I only have so much. And, uh, so it, 
yeah, Tyson was a huge inspiration and, and watching him grow, I was like, okay, he's, he's got the putters unlock. And at the time when I started, um, CP, when I was thinking about going to CP, James Patrick was still a Titleist. And so there was kind of like a open parking space in the wedge slot, mm-hmm. um, for like an original wedge brand. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I kind of just took some inspiration from what Tyson was doing and, you know, thinking about how I could apply all the things I had learned as a custom builder um, to an original brand. And that was really kind of the, the catalyst. And, and then once I saw the margins that go with, once I started learning what these big box brands are, are paying for their stuff, I'm like, there's, this is the future. Like you, you need these kinds of margins to really grow the company. And like the margins were like, double if not triple what we were making as custom builders um and i i I was like you know this is what we got to be focused on original brand direct to consumer high margin um and oh by the way it's just a lot more fun like i I find it way more fun to make original stuff than than it is to customize stuff um i love grabbing a blank and you know making a different shape that day with my grinder um, you know, just coming up with different looks and different products. Like I, I love that part and it's so much more fun than customizing things to me. Um, so once I realized that was all there, I, I was never looking back. Sometimes the, uh, the best sign of a product is when your product markets for itself, right? It's, I mean, you, you know, you don't, you don't do a lot of marketing, but the product sells itself half the time. And that's, that's the beauty. Um, we're, we're getting close to, uh, time here guys. And, uh, I know Corey has a tea time here pretty soon. Um, so <laughs> Corey, how, how we usually start to wrap up the show. Um, each of the guys, uh, asks a simple question, um, just to kind of wrap it up. And for our viewers, you know, this is, you know, we try to ask a question that, that sometimes gears toward, you know, a marketing thing, um, you know, a motivational piece that inspires, you know, that somebody else to take that small leap. Um, because it's, it's very apparent that, that Corey, you, you love what you do. And you know, the, the saying goes, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And I think a lot of, a lot of us, a lot of listeners, a lot of people out there, that's, that's, you know, I bet you 99% of individuals don't love what they do. And that's, that's unfortunate. Um, because we all get, get stuck in situations and, and are looking for that, that passion. And it's so cool to see that you have, you have that. Um, so I'm going to start off with our non golfer, Scott. Okay. Throw a question at Corey and, uh, and let's go. What, I don't know if you can tell us, but what's the next design or, or something that you're working on right now that you're trying to, Oh, I, I, I have no problem talking about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the big thing is uh, we have a lefty line finally launching in the fall. Um, I, I've had, I, I used to think that there wasn't a lot of lefties out there, but like as the account has grown, like I've just yeah. keep getting more and more messages from lefties. And so finally I've, I've said, screw it. I'm pulling the trigger and I'd ordered a bunch of lefties. Um, and then along, that lefty along with a right-handed version is actually going to be a slightly different from what I have now. It's been, I'm having the grind team over at the factory grind them more to my, like how I like to do it. I've kind of taken them. I, I, I've had this mold for a long time. It's, it's my favorite one. It's, it's so versatile. It's, it just works. And, um, but I've, I've tinkered with different shapes that I go out to the grinder and just kind of mess around. 
Um, and so I've, I've come up with a look that I've basically instructed the grind team over there to, to do instead of doing it their kind of stock way. Um, so it's kind of, you can think of it like more of like a, a kind of a signature. Um, so it has more of my, uh, I'd say DNA on it, um, more original. Um, so that that's coming out. And then we also have a, some irons and wedges from Japan uh, making the entry again. Um, I have a, a friend who lives in, who lives in Himeji, Japan, which is where all the big forging houses there. And, and it's been great. He's been able to go to the, around to um, some of them and procure some heads for me. And I don't know if you guys know anything about Japanese steel, but it is some of the finest in the world. Um, it, it, it's really awesome. Uh, the stuff you get from over there, it's expensive, but um, there's definitely a market for it. Um, I'm definitely a JDM head myself. Um, and, uh, so yeah, um, kind of signature grind stuff, Japan stuff, and lefty stuff all coming this fall. Uh, and I, I, reading, might, I, might, I might be a test subject for those irons. I, I was reading the notes, uh, a lot of the comments there. Do you have this in lefty? I'm <laughs> yeah. like, oh, on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yes, I, I do. And I've, I've been accumulating all these email addresses, and I cannot wait to email these guys. Guys, I have them. Like we finally. <laughs> well, you, it's one of those things uh, that like, you you built the demand, and the minute you let you you put it up there, you know you're gonna just sell out all, all of a sudden, probably. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> I I don't have investors. Like I don't take on a ton of debt, and I'm very careful about that stuff. Um, so I don't have like I don't have a lot of room for error in terms of like ordering inventory that might sit on the shelf. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, but I feel very confident now that there's enough people who are aware of me who happen to be left-handed who would maybe want to want a wedge. So rolling the dice and giving it a go. That's awesome. Send me pics of the iron heads when you get them in. Cause oh, I, I cannot yeah. wait for those. We might have to I've, get I've the, got, uh, the old tailor-made MBs out of my bag. Yeah, I've got a new, I've got a new laser coming, and um, oh, it's going to be awesome. All the heads are arriving just a few grams overweight, so there's a little bit of room to tinker with them if I need to. Let's go. Um, it's uh, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I, I can't wait for all this new stuff to get here. Well, you have me and Josh excited. We might yeah. we might be playing Corey Paul irons here pretty soon. Josh, what's your I question? Hope so. I, uh, I want to go back to like the business side of it. Actually, <laughs> um, earlier you touched on it. A little bit but basically what you said is you are like the why person like you're where the club is but the everyday stuff is not really your forte and I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs who are really trying to go they find that issue where they struggle at those how things you know how do we do the daily business how did you like either find the right people to work with or a partner to get all those things taken care of because I feel like that can help a lot of people. Yeah, so um, I, I guess first uh, I've tried to focus, like when it comes to hiring outside people for critical things, um, I tried to focus on things that like make, make sure you sleep well at night. So one thing is like, I have no problem. Like when I'm at, my accountant sends a bill, I, I feel like my accountant is a, a really good accountant and um, I, trust him implicitly and um so i would say find the the needs that like are really critical like i hate accounting <laughs> I, I cannot stand it and um 
And the fact that I have an accountant that I can trust at the level that I do, he, he does other stuff for our family. Um, so I kind of knew his work before he was helping me with my business. Um, but uh, definitely identify your weak spots and be honest with yourself um, and, and try to find people who like that's their strength. Um, like, and, and also, I, I, I do have to say, as, as, as like you got to factor in luck. And, and one of my most lucky factors is the fact that my mom retired as I was starting my business and has been able to help me with bookkeeping. The bookkeeping in particular, it, it's critical because um, if you ever get audited, like, boy, you better have your ducks in a row. The IRS can screw up your day like nobody on this planet can. I just said and, a four-year um, audit. I know. <laughs> and there's yeah. 87,000 more of them. Yeah, 87,000 coming. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't get me started. But, um, <laughs> it, uh, it, um, it, it's critical. Like, like bookkeeping and accounting are, are absolutely critical parts of the business. And um, I, hate, I hate both of those things, and I'm no good at them. Um, I have about a two-minute attention span for anything that having to do with those matters. And... Um, I'm just so lucky to have people that I can trust um, doing those. Like my, my accountant and his um, junior accountant really trained my mom um, in, in bookkeeping and all of that. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's about just being honest with yourself and, and just saying, yeah, like I suck at these things. This is not, this end of the business is not my personality. This is where I need some support. Um, I'd say it's just a matter of being honest with yourself and being able to even laugh at yourself a little bit. Um, I mean, I have habits that like, I, I, I just can't explain, but I just, I just hope at the end of the day, the work does all the talking, the, the end, the end product. Yep. Nice. All right. Last, last question for me. Um, this is for, uh, those individuals who may be graduating or maybe stuck in a nine to five job already. Um, and has an idea kind of like, you know, that when you had that, that ambition idea, but they're so fearful of, of letting go, uh, or getting out of that because of the, the security and safety. What do you, in a couple sentences or less, what do you say to that individual? I, I would say there's never going to be a good time to, to do it. Um, Fun fact, I, I was actually forced out of the door at Rock Bottom Golf. I was basically fired. Um, my, my manager and I did not get along. And uh, we got in a big fight one day. And I told the CFO, his boss, I'm like, I don't know where you need to put me, but I'm not working another day for that guy. And um, he's like, well, I don't have anywhere to put you. And um, he's like, I'm, I'm going to have to let you go. And um, he ended up being very nice about it and let me go Let me go as a layoff. Um, and so I kind of didn't have a choice. Um, I, I, I had to, at the time I was, work, I'd already ordered the wedges for six, like to the concept of six sticks was going. I was like, all right, like I've got this window of unemployment, like, and I just got booted out the door. Like, just go for it. Like, what do you have to lose at this point? You know? Um, so, you know, don't, don't be afraid. And then one the biggest challenge is in my mind is actually going to be tolerating the weird eyebrow raising from your friends and family uh people are going to question you um and it's all out of love but you got to realize that you got to learn to translate those weird looks and like can you just get a real job sort of comments 
uh, you got to learn to tolerate that. Um, and that's why like, ultimately, like, you, you really just got to love what you do and, and you, you just got to go for it. Like, I mean, yeah, I was forced out the door, but I, I, I was planning my exit anyway. Like, it was only a matter of time before I, I, I left. And the only reason I was so uh, aggressive with that instance was because I knew I was leaving. And um, there's never going to be a good time. And you, like, if there's something you really love and you are convinced that that something is going to be useful to other people, then, then go for it. But make sure, be honest with yourself, you know, make sure that you are have the ability to do something that somebody else can't and that you have a use case for yourself, that you are useful to somebody and that somebody is out, out there will pay you for your stuff. And so if you're not at that level yet, maybe it's not time to jump ship, but um, you gotta listen to your heart. And um, it, it, it's funny how many times my, my heart has proven to be the better decision maker than my rationale. It's, it's um, times I followed, I, I could go through time after time where I followed my rationale and ended up regretting it. Um, but there's times I followed my heart and really couldn't explain why I was doing what I was doing. Just, I, just more like, just cause, like, <laughs> uh, just cause I think it's right. And um, ended up working out great. So listen to yourself. Um, you know, make sure you have a support system in place before you jump, jump ship, you know, make sure you know how to at least swim and tread water before you jump off the ship. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's on you to, to say, I'm going to do this. I'm, and be decisive. Don't waffle. Just either you're in or you're out. Um, I, I think ending on that note would be a, a good place to, to end full send or, or nothing at all. I love it. Either no half out. measures. Matt. Yes, that's so important. That's amazing. Um, Corey, thank you for an amazing show, amazing interview. I love getting perspective, you know, from somebody who's in a, uh, a niche part of a large industry that may not become a niche niche anymore. You know, as, as you were saying, you hope it grows into, you know, more of that. Um, guys, do you have anything to add, Josh? Yeah, oh, yeah. Corey, we've been talking about it a lot today, but we didn't mention your Instagram, but where can we find you online? Um, so, yeah, the, the website name is going to shorten soon, but for right now, it's CoreyPaulFunctionalArt.com. And even if when we change the website name, that will still point to the new name. We, we want to shorten that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it was never supposed to stay Corey Paul Functional Art, but it just kind of did. I just kind of got focused on the products and people followed anyway. So, you know, why, why fix it if it's not broken? But um, yes, CoreyPaulFunctionalArt.com. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Instagram is the best spot. To, it, it's just a great medium for showing off. And then I do have an eBay page too, where I, um, if I'm not responding or you just don't want to wait for a custom order, that's where I kind of like let to, like to go freestyle and make fun stuff. Um, so yeah, eBay, CoreyPaulFunctionalArt, uh, and com, And then obviously the, the Instagram. Awesome. Awesome. Corey, thank you. Go enjoy your round of golf. Um, guys, make sure to give uh, Corey a follow on Instagram. And obviously, if you want <clears throat> any custom uh, wedges or anything else, like go check out his Instagram, shoot him a message. But if he doesn't respond, that's okay. He just. Yeah, and the best way to get a hold of me is email. Like, no, no DMs. You got to like, have <laughs> stuff that like separates who's serious and who's not. Yep. So uh, email is the best way to get to me because it puts everything in one spot. It's easy to keep track of. Uh, so, yeah, email. 
Awesome. Corey at CoreyPawFunctionalArt.com. And you'll know, I mean, you, you, I, I, I always think people come into, into our lives for a reason. Scott came into my life in 2013 randomly and we, we, we go back and forth and, and get closer. And Josh came into my life randomly and Corey that the, you know, I'm sure we'll have a, a long relationship. Um, and I'm so blessed to have met you this summer. Um, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be having more products and, and, uh, and using more of your stuff and, and hopefully I can, you know, help you and we can all help you in your business and, and, uh, excited to see the journey as you, uh, take the next steps, which it sounds like they could be some potentially bigger ones. So thank you again. Go shoot a good round guys. Have a great weekend. We'll catch you next week. This is Fuel by Why podcast. Make sure to subscribe. We'll check you next week. Hey guys, what do you do when you spill something on your carpet? Tell my kids not tell their my mom, their mom. That's that's a good way to go. Yeah, I don't know, move some furniture over it. All right, well, what I do is I call Coconut Cleaning. Coconut Cleaning is based out of Gilbert, Arizona, homegrown company. I know you got you've used coconut cleaning many oh, times, all the time. But you said when we use you tell me something that you always like to do after coconut cleaning comes around, Scott. Oh yeah, lay on the carpet. A nice feeling. It's uh, nice and fresh. Birthday suit. It's always good. There you go. Coconut cleaning will make your carpet so clean that you want to lay in the flesh on your carpet. Coconut cleaning has revolutionized the carpet and tile cleaning industry through a state-of-the-art natural and coconut-enhanced cleaning process. Did you know they have a coconut-enhanced cleaning process? It's like a coconut surfactant or something like that, right? Isn't that what they tell you? I don't know, but coconut sounds good. This process from coconut cleaning, in combination with the use of the most technologically advanced equipment, makes all the difference for their customers. So what are you waiting for today? Call Coconut Cleaning, go onto their website, or check them out on social media, and get your carpets clean today.